Welcome, Welcome to Two Doulas Talk. I'm Inherit. I'm Erica. We are a monthly unscripted conversation between two doulas. Welcome back. Welcome. February 2020. I can't cool. believe we're already here. I just feel super, super still like so juicy, so amazing from the full moon circles we've been doing. It's been such, <sighs> what a breath. Such, such good medicine. Like so amazing. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm glad we're doing that. Um, what a month. What a crazy month. Um, it's been really great to see people like listening. Like that's been fun. So fun. Thank I, you all for showing up for us. Thank you for showing up for us. It feels really good to feel seen, which feels weird because you're not seeing us. But and yeah. heard. Seen and heard. <laughs> <laughs> also just like love the doulas being seen and heard. Yes. That's, that's, the, that's the dream. Thank we you. see and hear so much. Thank you for, for coming people. back. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, so one of the things we were talking about and thinking about this episode is like the common threads that we have as doulas and the things that we hear from our clients, from yeah. potential clients, from people who just maybe reach out is birth plans. Yeah. So real. I mean, even in the work I do as like a long-term pregnancy parenthood doula, it's like let's talk about birth and how birth is going to go. Mm-hmm. And I I think that we really, like, Eric and I have had this conversation many times, and I feel like it's a conversation I have with a lot of birth workers. It's really like the birth plan is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's something, and it's something that's talked about a lot in like childbirth ed classes and in mm-hmm. different books. And so clients often come with... Knowing that if they don't know, if they know nothing... They know that they need a birth plan. And they kind of know what one is. Kind of, but not really sometimes. <laughs> huh? So yeah, so like, so that is what, if you can't tell, since we've said birth plan, I think. Birth plan. Birth plan. Birth plan. We're talking about birth plans today, um, which I think is like a lovely way to start this second episode of our podcast. Um, and I'm curious to see if it'll be the most popular I, I, i'm curious to see if this will be the podcast that people listen to the most because we'll it is one of those things that people love um so what are you, what are your thoughts about birth plans inherit i think a birth plan oh i have so many thoughts about birth i know plans, me Erica. too but i have so many thoughts about everything so birth plans let's just begin with them as a document mm-hmm. i love the idea of the conversations that a birth plan allows to happen, mm-hmm. right? I think that a birth plan is a space, is like a physical thing that cannot be created without conversations. Totally. That being said, I think people create them without conversations. Totally. And I will say, just like off the bat, like I, we will be saying birth plan, but I don't even use birth plan anymore. I use birth vision. Oh, love it. Or birth preferences or birth dreams 
And I like to think of like, you know, whatever the person's ideal birth outcome is, like that's our North Star. And the conversations that you're talking about that we're having are ways to get us to that North Star with the understanding that birth is not linear. Therefore, like your birth plan, I mean, this is a whole other conversation as well, but like birth isn't linear. And I think that a lot of times people think of the plan, they think of even how we talk about it in childbirth ed is like this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens and it's like this straight line. <laughs> and I like to think of like your birth goal is like your North Star and you are on a route and along the route you will come you will come to some guideposts and maybe you'll get lost along the way. Yeah. But yeah, I think thinking about it like is yes what you're saying about a conversation yeah. and I think also to be like flexible and open to it not going to plan, which is why I call it a vision. Yeah, I've the one of the ways that I've heard a birth plan being talked about, and I love your use of the word vision. I think that really like kind of encompasses it as this like journey. Pardon. Um, as opposed to um like a structure that we're building, right? Mm-hmm. It's a journey that we're mm-hmm. going on. But one of the ways that I really have enjoyed it, hearing it talked about is Using it as a space to let the care providers who you mm. who you maybe don't know or have mm-hmm. not met, mm-hmm. um, because for many people in the United States, going to the hospital and working with the OB or midwife on call, Big sigh. or working with the nurses who are there, mm-hmm. you maybe have met your main care provider one time, maybe. Um, you definitely have not met your nurses before, no. um, and if you have, many congratulations to you. Um, is that it's a it's a piece of paper that you're able to hand over that that gives a little bit of an explanation of who you are. Totally, one hundred percent. It can be so helpful. Like I, you know, it is, and you know, Inherit and I are both doulas who work with people who give birth in hospitals. So I would say like half of my clients, if not more, give birth in hospitals. So this is not a a knock to hospitals. No, it's just, not at it's all. It's a knock to the system that we're in. Like, you know, we have, there are so many nurses on staff that, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, you you may get the provider that you love. You may end up with the OB or the midwife that you love, but like you, you have no control over right. who else is in that room with you. And the birth plan, that piece of paper, that document that you've worked on, really is sort of like a glimpse into who you are and and the way that I like for my clients to think about their birth visioning is to even like start with like for them and maybe even for the doctors to start with like who are you and like what's important to you and your family and like and how do you want the staff to see you and like you know whether they take that into account or not is is you can't predict that, but at least it's there. Right. And like so what I'm hearing both of us say is like actually having a piece Uh, a piece of the paper be like a paragraph description Mm -hmm. of your family, right? Yes. And I also think it is an important document to have because we have such a high rotation of care providers that you might not have been able to have a conversation with the people who are going to be in the room about cord clamping or um, skin to skin or eye ointment or Mm -hmm. who's in the room or the tone of the tone of the room Mm -hmm. um, that putting it on the paper while it's not the end all because a piece of paper can get lost very easily. It's the beginning of a conversation. And Mm -hmm. I really think that having a plan that the doula knows really well then we are able to back up the words that our clients have written on the paper, Mm -hmm. right? So I, for me, I think it's a helpful thing 
as a doula for the couple to have a birth plan or a paper that or a vision that then we can be the the interpreters of Mm -hmm. to the care providers yeah 100% 100%. um what I what I worry about with this idea of a birth plan and I I feel pretty grateful that my clients have not this is not how it has figured out for them but that there's almost I get this image of of control of people wanting to control one hundred percent birth like running yes. to, wanting to control what their birth journey yes. looks like and it's not yes. necessarily about like I worry that like the image I'm getting in my head is almost this like person like gripping a piece of paper mm-hmm. when thi- like and this is my plan and things have to go this way and what worries me about that image is well what happens to you emotionally, spiritually, mentally, if it doesn't. Oh, I mean, and yeah, we were planning on talking about what happens when it goes off plan. And I think because the conversation is happening in this way, we're going to keep going. And like, that is the point of, that's why I do visioning. So like, so when I say that I do birth visioning with my clients, I, I ask them to tell me like their vision of birth. Like, how do you visualize, how do you want your birth to be? Mm. And a lot of people will say, like, I want a natural birth. So I'll be like, tell me what natural means to you. Yes. For some people, natural birth means that they want to give birth out of their vagina. And that is natural birth to them. And some people are like, I want to give birth out of my vagina at home. And that's natural birth. So I like for them to, like, figure out what natural birth means for them. And then I I ask them, like, you know... And how do you plan to get to that vision? Like, how do you plan to get to the natural mm. birth that you want? And then think, talking about, like, what support looks like. I got that from you. <laughs> what support looks like? What support means to them? How do you feel the most supported? How do you feel the least supported? How yeah. do you feel about your body? A lot of the things that I've been doing now with my clients is thinking about, like, what is your conversation that you have with your body? And, like, is that conversation that you have with your body good? Or not so great. And I think for most people who are socialized as women, like we don't have the best conversations with our bodies. And for people who are, um, I'm not going to speak for people who are um, non-binary because I am not personally non-binary, but as a queer person and you are a queer person too, Mm -hmm. like I think like that adds a different layer. Absolutely. As a person of color, I'm a black woman, like that adds another layer. Mm. So like, it's not just about like, this is what I want for my birth, but like everything that, every little aspect of who you are, who are you, will ever be and who are in your who makes up you plays into like how that birth will happen so then to think about what you were saying about like what happens when like the person gripping that piece of paper doesn't get what they want I like to think about those things and people don't like to do that so like uncomfortable it's totally uncomfortable so for some people like if you're if you're north star if your vision is you on an unmedicated vaginal birth with no interventions that I'm going to have you think about what happens if you need an epidural. I'm going to have you think about what happens if you need a cesarean. I'm going to make you, I mean, I don't like saying make you because that feels horrible. Encourage. I'm going to encourage you to have conversations about what happens if you have the birth that's on the opposite side of your Mm -hmm. spectrum. And same thing. I have some clients like, you know, I have one client now who's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I want an epidural. And I had a client a few years ago who was, that was her birth plan to have an epidural. And I was like, great. And what if you have a precipitous labor and you don't get your epidural? So let's talk about, let's like work through what it feels like and what it may feel like to give birth. So I think the importance, hence hence me using vision and not plan, because I think, yeah, I think plans always disappoint you. Always. You will always be disappointed. I mean, I just think, right, if we're like, my brain is already connecting this to like how we exist outside of the birth room, right? The Mm -hmm. like... 
we believe we have so much control over our lives. We believe we can make decisions and plan five years from now when, like, five years from now... My, who, kn- who knows where the fuck you'll be? Right. So we live in a world and a culture, definitely, that's like... That lets us think that we have control, but we don't. We really don't. And m- no place other than birth have I seen that more clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, every single birth I've been to, mm-hmm. there is a moment of, you have to release. Erica is putting her hands I'm, up. I'm giving hands up like I'm in church. Preach. Um, And I just... Yeah. I, I It just... it. The ways that I, how we exist culturally and the mirrors that we see that in the birth world, especially in the birth room, I mean, more and more become like so closely linked for me as I do, um, as I'm a doula and I'm further in my doula career. But yeah, I think this idea of a birth plan, like we're not saying don't do it. We're not oh, saying... No ignore birth Mm -hmm. I think what Erica and I are really talking about is yes it's important to have these conversations and actually like check what conversations you're not having Mm -hmm. right like what are you not talking about are you not talking about your biggest fear are you not talking about the way you're Erica snapping at me like are you not talking about your connection to your body um and I think Really, like, maybe you don't even need a physical piece of paper, but you just need to have an hour-long conversation Mm -hmm. about all of these things. And it probably will end up being a longer conversation. Mm -hmm. And, like, ideally, if you have not had these conversations with yourself, with your partner... Um, hire a doula. Get her to have those conversations. For with sure. You. Get them to hire those I, conversations. I apologize. I definitely okay, just gendered my doula. Thank you. Um, I didn't fix you. I just offered a suggestion. I appreciate your suggestion. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it is like, you know, it's we, the goal, the hope is that like these are conversations that you are having, right? But we also are, don't live in a culture where that has been celebrated historically. So maybe this is like the first step you're taking and like it's hard and it's long and like, Yes. It's like a first step. Yes. It's a first step. So as people are, you know, if if you are one that is, lis- if, if you are a person that is listening and about to have a baby or thinking about having a baby and this is something that you know about, what would be your recommendations of things that they're like, definitely make sure that you cover this or talk about this? Oh my word. For making, creating a birth vision? Correct. Plan? Correct. Okay. So my recommendations for having a birth plan versus birth vision is to really have a clear understanding of like what you think you want your birth to look Mm. like. I think having that as like your starting place is really great. And I think to like keep asking questions. So like I said, like, you know, if you don't want medical, if you don't want an intervention, Mm. you know, having an IV in your arm is technically an intervention. Like even though it's just an IV and it's providing you just with like a saline drip, it's technically an intervention. So to like, and even if it's not connected to anything, mm-hmm. they it increases the chances of interventions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so really just to be open, like to say that you don't want any interventions, but that you're giving birth in a hospital, like is that realistic? Right. Like is it realistic that you're going to give birth in a hospital that you will have zero interventions? And then, you know, if that answer is no, which for most people the answer is no then what interventions are you open to and why? Mm. Um, I think, you know, I think a lot of doulas, a lot of childbirth um, educators use the BRAIN acronym, which I'm hoping you'll help me with because as I'm saying it now. Benefits. Mm -hmm. The risks, 
The uh, assessments. Maybe. Nope. Nope. This is where editing is fun. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're just going to do this. The benefits, the risks, the... Let's skip A. I have it here. The I is to use your insight or your intuition. The N is for what happens if you do nothing. Alternatives. Alternatives. Thank you. And the, yeah, so brains. So the benefits, the risks, the alternatives, the instincts and intuitions or nothing. And I think every decision you make, like that's my number one, like, go-to is any decision that you're trying to make when you're creating your birth plan is that to use your brain. I love that. Um, I think also to really think about the hard things. So think about... You know, I am not, I've been a doula for a while, and, like, the more I doula, the less I'm in team. Your body can do anything. (laughs) Like, I think your body, like, our bodies, people who have bodies that give birth, are physiologically, quote, unquote, made to have a baby. And not everybody can have a baby, (laughs) like, you know, period. Like, there's no, like, period. Not everybody can have a baby. And um, I think that people sometimes, for whatever reason, can really struggle in the process of giving birth to a baby. So I think that, yeah. you know, I, I think it's 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 okay to have the hard conversations. You said this. Like, I think it's okay to have those hard conversations about, like, what happens if it is too much for me? What happens if I go into the third day of labor and I'm still not, quote, unquote, making progress what happens if i don't want to do this what happens if i don't like this right um what happens if something happens with the health of me or the health of my baby that requires a cesarean um so i think it's important to think about the hard things and i i've had clients who really struggle and really resist that but I think it's important when you're thinking about your birth plan like I have on it like what happens if baby goes to NICU and I gotta say I've had so many babies go to NICU for a variety of reasons like early babies and full-term babies and babies who go back to the hospital to NICU and people don't know what to do right so part of the things I have people do is like who goes to the NICU with the baby after the person who gives birth gives birth does your partner go to the ba- to the NICU with the baby or does the partner stay with you Right. Do I go to the NICU with a baby as your doula or do I stay with the person who gave birth? Right. I think that, that what's coming up for me as you're sharing all of this is like really what we're asking is like, can you be honest with yourself about yourself, about your limitations, about your anxieties, about your fears, about the things you want to do to celebrate, about mm-hmm. the things that make you feel strong and powerful, right? Mm-hmm. We're really asking or recommending to like kind of know yourself and that takes work. So much work. And if you're in that work, amazing. And if you're starting that work, welcome. And if it's something that is daunting like we hear you and we got you and we're right there with you and knowing yourself doesn't mean that everything is perfect or that you can do anything it's knowing actually intense sensation in my body gives me hella anxiety so i'm gonna get an epidural because i don't want to have anxiety yeah and that is a beautiful way to bring a baby into the world because you are not spiraling out of control yeah we can have an entire episode on why epidurals sometimes get a bad rap we probably (laughs) should and i think that like yeah that that to me feels like the important part of the birth plan it's Mm -hmm. it's knowing where you meet everything that is available to you Mm -hmm. it's snapping again (laughs) it's knowing 
yeah, it's just knowing yourself and knowing like what is going to make me spiral into self-doubt and pity over myself if I make this decision. It's knowing just all sorts of different ways and things that could happen and how you as a human interact with those things that could happen. Mm -hmm. And if you do come up against those or you decide that you're going to have a plan against it, what kind of support are you going to have on the other side? Mm -hmm. Do you have a therapist? Do you have friends? Do you have parental other parent friends who are available for you to talk to you? Do you have a postpartum doula? Do you have somebody that you can process through this journey that went very different than what you anticipated? Mm Mm-hmm. And still be, and so that you're able to come out on the other side still feeling whole, complete, proud of yourself, excited about your baby, excited Mm -hmm. about parenthood, and not just carrying this, well, the things that were on my paper didn't happen, so Mm -hmm. therefore I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, no small thing here from Erica and Karen. This is how we roll. So easy, so easy. So two things I wanted to talk about, and then I think we should talk about, like, how people can create their own. Totally. Like, we gave them it. ideas, but I think we can do it. So, love it. So one thing I'm thinking about that you said was um, postpartum and the things that, like, if you're a client of mine, I, you've heard me say this several times. Like, I don't believe in birth plans, but I strongly, strongly believe in postpartum plans. Like, you 100% should have a postpartum plan, and it should be a plan. Like, I think, like, birth vision postpartum plan um the second thing i don't remember so (laughs) so how to create your own postpartum plan oh a postpartum i know i lied birth plan how do you create your own birth plan i mean i think that there are lots of um templates out there that work really well and i think just like you know be aware of them but i definitely think that um I give my clients a template. I do, too. Yeah. I would love to see yours. Absolutely. Um, maybe we can share them. We could probably share them. On the our Facebook. Facebook. Facebook? Facebook. Maybe we can see if we can figure out how to do a show notes. Yeah. We'll figure that we'll out. We'll figure it out. Um, this is the unedited part. Um, but I think that the, mo- the, the most important thing to start off with is tell me a paragraph about yourself. Like, 100%. let me... If, you, if I am your nurse and you are walking in in full-blown labor, I want to be able to read in 25 seconds that family is really important to you, being outside is really important to you, and that you love cheeseburgers. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know the different kind of person you are that makes you stand out from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I, I also think that, like, having a general, like, vibe of the room, like, mm-hmm. this is what I want it to feel like mm-hmm. in my, in my birth room is the most, for me is, like, because any intervention, any thing that needs to be added into the birth journey can still be done with the lights down and candle like the fake candles lit mm-hmm. and smooth soothing music mm-hmm. or like full lights up and Lizzo going mm-hmm. right like any of those things can happen um and so I think like writing like this is what I want it to feel like in my birth room mm-hmm. is important um and then and then naming like this is what's going to happen if there's an emergency mm-hmm. and that's it yeah for sure. And I would, the only thing I would add is like, you know, just like bullet points for what you want after your baby is born. So we talked about it a little bit, like, you know, what vaccinations or non-vaccinations or not vaccinations are you open to? 
um, you know, do you want delayed cord clamping? Like maybe explicitly talk about what that looks like. Who's going to cut the cord? Who's going to cut the cord? And, you know, does baby go right onto your body? Or does baby not go right on your body? Just, like, having those things taken care Correct. of. Correct. And, like, you know, we don't want our baby touched for the first hour. And I know that a lot of hospitals are beginning to make that standard practice. But I know that other places we really need to advocate for mm-hmm. that. And um, so putting in, we don't want to be touched for the first hour. Or we're okay with whatever happening that the hospital decides is best for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are really the biggest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think if you have a doula, like, some of these things that are, you know, really easy that your doula can help you do. But if you are a person who's giving birth without a doula, I think that these are even more important. I think thinking about us as queer people and working with queer families, like, thinking about pronouns and, yes, um, you know, making sure that we, you've... I don't even like to, I like, sometimes with my queer families, I just put it on the door. Like, this is a queer room, There's a there are people giving birth, just so that it, people aren't misgendered, um, or assumptions aren't made. Yeah, I like that. I think also, you know, that could, I think you said this, but that can go in the actual birth plan. 100%. And like, if you are a queer person, um... And you have different names that you're using for what you're identifying as parents, putting Mm -hmm. those on um, and letting it, you know, letting the doula in the room know, letting your friends know, letting whoever else is there as your support to be referring to you as those things and Mm -hmm. to really advocate for um, them to be doing the work, them to be doing the work of correcting the care providers if that's needed. Yeah, like the person who's giving birth or supporting someone. Holy crap, we literally could talk about this for another f- half an hour. I mean, it's an it's an it's an important I think it's an important topic because it's 100%. the thing that people know about, right? Yeah. Like we live in a, the culture that we live in around birth is not let's prepare for a baby, but let's prepare a birth plan for the birth. Mhm. Um and so that's why we're talking about it first and that's mm-hmm. why it's really important. And I think if you are in the process of creating your own and you're really confused or lost or don't feel like you're getting the guidelines that you need, like reach out to birth workers, reach out to doulas, most doulas. In fact, every doula I know will answer a question for you, mm-hmm. even if they're not working with you. Mm-hmm. They'll send you to the good resources. Um Maybe the childbirth ed class you're going to has a mm-hmm. couple different um, structures for birth plans that they work with. And if they don't or they don't give it to you, ask. See mm-hmm. if there are other places. Um, talk to your parent friends who've gone through birth, who know or have experienced having a birth plan. Um, and definitely come back to Erica and I. Um, our websites are in the show notes. So make sure you contact us on there if you have any questions. But I definitely know we are more than happy to help you figure out what the best birth vision or plan is for yourself um deep breaths know that you can do hard things you can have hard conversations and you ultimately are making the decisions that are best for you heck yeah heck yeah heck yeah so inherita what's what's going on in your life where can people find you what are you doing we are wrapping up it sounds like hello I am just like buzzing from that conversation. I know, you are right. Saying. I'm like half an hour going. more. I know. I know. I'm so proud of all of you for being here and listening. Me too. We love you. Same, same. Um, I have a lot happening. It is February of 2020. Crazy. We have had two of our our moon circles, our full moon circles. Which means you can catch us for the one in March. It's exciting. Every full moon, 
in in this year, mm-hmm. um, Erica and I are co-hosting a full moon circle um, at Fern and Foster in from, Tacoma, in Washington. Tacoma, Washington, from seven to nine p.m. And we are going to be doing it on the night of the full moon, yeah. not the day before, not the day after. Actually, no matter the day of the week. Yep, we will be doing it from seven to nine p.m. Um, pretty excited about that. I'm so jealous. It is getting lots of traction, lots of people excited about it. I'm so pumped to keep doing them. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, coming up in March, I am going to be hosting my second circle. Um, it's a series, six, six weeks, six people series. Um, really grounding into ourselves as we transition out of winter and into spring, allowing ourselves to grow and be in community. Um, you can find that information out on my website, also at my Instagram and Facebook. Love it. Excited about that. And as always, I am here and available to support people through fertility, through, becoming a parent and through any major life or minor life transitions that they have. If you're interested in working with me, you can check out the doula tab in my website, www.angheridhollingworth.com. It is in the show notes. Love How it. about you, Erica? Oh my gosh. I just finished my first childbirth education class called whole body pregnancy. And it was such a long, beautiful process of creating the materials and getting them printed and like seeing them go into action. And I'm so jazzed because the second one is in April. Um, and come out, come out, come wherever to you wherever you are to come. There are a few more tickets left. They're not tickets; it's registration. But you know, um, come. You got a golden ticket. You, you get a ticket. I got a golden ticket. Oh, sorry, Charlie and Jug Factory. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you can find that information on my website for the next childbirth education class in April. Um, I have prenatal and postpartum yoga again starting back up. Um, both are six-week series. If you are pregnant or you had a baby recently, those classes are all open for you as well. Also on Fern and Foster, um, for an, at Fern and Foster, more information can be found at my website, wholebodypregnancy.com. I think that's it. Thanks for being with me today, Erica. Oh my God, Ingrid, I, I love talking you. to you. I cannot wait for next month, and I love you so much, and I'm so happy to keep having these conversations. Smooches to all of you. Smooch. Thanks for listening to Two Doulas Talk. Be sure to like and share and spread the love. Just like peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) We'll talk to you next month for another unscripted, unfiltered, slightly edited Two Doulas Talk. Bye. Bye.